Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Joining us now is our good friend, the general manager of the Texas Rangers, the great John J.D. Daniels. And he joins us now. J.D., let's dive right in and talk about this. The new schedule is out for next year for you guys. And boy, it's really exciting. You guys are going to be uh, playing in air conditioning, which means a lot to me because I suffer from big man heat. So you're 18 of your first 30 games at home, 12 of your first 18 at home in air conditioning. When you look at this from a baseball op side, how how much of a, an impact do you think it's really going to have on your club playing in air conditioning next year instead of playing on the sun? <laughs> uh, I, th- I think it'll be real. You know, I know um, I know Michael said it recently. He said, you know, guys don't really – make an excuse of it but it's it's there the players talk about it a little bit and uh i do think it is a factor from a workload standpoint i mean it's, it's easier to you know if, if you get up and, and run it's easier to run at you know at 65 70 degrees out than it is to run you know 95 100 and it's you know it's no different i think it's just it's, it's a little more taxing it's a little more of a challenge uh so i, I think from the player's standpoint they'll, they'll certainly feel that when you're talking about over over the course of a season and uh, you know one thing that our, our our folks have talked about recently from a fan standpoint, I think is pretty cool is, is that, you know, we'll have the ability to, uh, we'll have the ability to, to keep the roof closed like most of the day and then open it up right before game time. So we'll, you know, the fans will still basically watch the game in an open air stadium, but have the benefit of a, you know, that it's, it's been cooled, air conditioned all day and, you know, and, and hot air rises, obviously, so the the cool air should should keep the ballpark pretty, you know, temperate. So I think there's some stuff we can play with where we kind of get the best of both worlds. God, that's, I hadn't even thought about that. That's really interesting. Aside from, you know, what we're talking about with the new stadium and, and being able to control the environment and all that, when a schedule comes out each year, what are the sort of things that interest you that you look for? Um, definitely look at uh, kind of the distribution of off days from a standpoint of just, um, you know, roster management and uh, things of that nature. You know, when you have some off days clumped together, you can play games a little bit with the with maybe the rotation or, or go with an extra position player for a period of time. I look where the the National League parks uh, th- those games in the National League park are. Look where where we are uh, kind of uh, home and 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 uh, finishing out the season. Um, look at where the you know big holidays lay. That's probably more from a family standpoint. Just curious where I'll be for Fourth of July, so I can tell the kids and that stuff. But um, you know who the interleague uh, uh, opponents are. Um, you know things of that nature. All right, so we got to talk about the resurgence of Mike Miner. Uh, he has been incredible uh, in the month of August. Fifteen innings, no runs allowed, seventeen strikeouts, just two walks. He's been incredible. So. Uh, how do you explain him coming back into Mike Minor form? I mean, I, he really never left. He had, you know, two starts that were kind of not great. And other than that, he's been, you know, pitching at this level basically wire to wire. So, um, yeah, it, it's funny how we we make such kind of small, such big deals out of 
couple bad games. We all do it. Uh, I mean, heck, like, I think it affected you know how interested teams were in them at the at the deadline because they were you know worried about a couple bad starts in in July and um, and that's really in my opinion all it was. Um, so no, it doesn't surprise me at all. He's been, and he's pitched really well against two you know very very good clubs with deep lineups in, in Milwaukee and in uh, and in uh, Cleveland and and you know. It, uh, so I don't necessarily look at it that it was a bounce back. I just thought like this is kind of the level he's been pitching at all year, with the exception of, of a couple games there in the middle of July. Let's stay on pitching for a minute and talk about uh, the Ranger major league debut of Colby Allard. What did you see? What did you like? What uh, what were some of the things that you took away from that? Man, I was really encouraged. Uh, really, really aggressive. You know, he didn't look like a a, a guy who had just met his teammates the day before. Uh, hmm. He didn't look like somebody that. You know, has, has very little uh, experience uh, before the game. He came in very confident, aggressive, attacked. Um, you know, really used his uh, his fastball well, effectively. I love lefties that can pitch in with their fastballs to right-hand hitters. I think it really opens things up, and he did that. And then, uh, you know, his cutter was okay, um, but I really liked the kind of the third time through. We started going with that changeup there in the. Uh, I think it was the third time, but in the fourth inning, I remember he threw a couple of real good ones to to Kane and to Braun and got some some soft contact for outs. Um, you know, didn't throw a ton of curveballs, threw a couple to some left hand hitters and was able to sweep it out. But just overall, like this guy was was quick up on the on the mound. Um, kind of he controlled the tempo. You know, the, the hitter didn't have to wait on him. It was the opposite, and um, just encouraging uh, first outing from the guy. You know, one of the things that really intrigued me was we had Eric Nadell on Friday before the start, and he said that Colby went up and was like, you know, introducing himself to the broadcast team, and Eric was kind of taken aback, like in a real positive way. He'd never seen anything like that from a young guy. And so I was curious what you could kind of reveal about his personality off the diamond or how much you guys have been able to pick up from that so far. Yeah, you know, I've only had one conversation with him. Um, when we traded for him so it's really more from what our guys have said and and dating back to when he was an amateur that's kind of how everyone described him super precocious real confident not in a in a any sort of like cocky or rub you wrong kind of way just a, a genuine self-confidence and um you know in a, in a kind of a professional way where he he wants to come up and introduce himself he's got some energy some self-confidence he knows his program um, you know, he's not a super high-maintenance guy, uh, but everybody really seems to, to be drawn to him. And uh, I remember that's what Kip and his staff were saying as an amateur. Uh, Danny Clark, our pitching coordinator, remembers he actually met him when he was an amateur. And, and uh, you know, Danny meets hundreds of players and all the time. And, and you know, we, we were talking about acquiring him. Danny shot me a note. So I remember meeting this kid, really, like, really stood out. I met him in San Diego, really stood out and really liked him. And uh, he just seems to leave that impression with everybody. So I want to ask you about the uh, performance of Elvis Andrews this year and how you would assess his uh, offensive season. If you look at his splits, boy, it's it's uh, it's like a roller coaster. But there's a lot of highs and there's some lows in there as well. But uh, you know, it's if you look month to month, it's three sixty, then two thirty, then three eleven, then one eighty nine, then back to three thirteen. And so he's battling and scuffling and and having a good season overall, it appears. But what do you make of how do you assess the way he's played offensively? Um. I think you kind of described it well. I, I think it's been okay. Um, you know, not as as good as he's capable of being. Um, you know, Elvis is is one of these guys where he he's a smart hitter, so he'll pick his spot to try to 
you know, beat a pitcher to, to a spot, um, not necessarily guessing, but kind of anticipating a little bit and playing along. And he's one of these hitters that can do that because he has enough um, athleticism and, and feel to hit that, you know, even if he gets down, uh, he, he has the ability to kind of get back and account, foul some balls off and, and, and battle. You know, he doesn't have a ton of swing and miss there. So, um, but, you know, ultimately we've, we've certainly seen him uh, produce at a higher level. I think he's capable of more. Um, and, uh, you know, that's probably my overall assessment. This is John Daniels joining us on the Ben and Skin Show, 105.3 The Fan. So I was reading an article over the weekend on The Athletic about batting approaches, right, plate appearances, and, and it was focusing in on Ruge, and he had the, the four-walk game the other night, and then a, an at-bat late in the game that wasn't sticking to the method, so to speak. And so, you know, you can start nitpicking and go, but wait a minute, there's four walks in this game. And my question is, is when guys are trying to make changes to approaches – do you guys analyze at what point in the game it happens? And when you're using that sort of information, how do you feel if someone in a quote-unquote high-leverage situation doesn't stick to the methodology, if indeed that is what happened with him? Yeah, I, you know, I don't know in that one case if it was or it wasn't. I, I do think, though, that um, even a little bit of, of, of game situations, but much more so than that, like just the quality of the opponent, uh, I think is a, is a bigger measure. Because actually, Ruggie's, had a really unique split this year, which you know I'm not totally sure if, if there's you know rhyme or reason to it or if it's if it's more fluke. But he's been you know, he's really struggled with bases empty and he's been outstanding with with runners on, um, you know. So that's that's kind of unusual. But uh, I think quality opponent for me is more what I look at. Where you know is is his success coming against hitters? and teams that are better equipped to attack your, you know, your weaknesses. And how do you handle that? Are you able to lay off and, uh, and you know, perform in kind of big games against better teams? Or are you going to kind of fall prey to the same type of attack over and over again? And, you know, he's, Ruggie's shown some signs, but, but that's probably still my bigger concern is, is just the teams that are best equipped uh you know, both from a standpoint of, of pitchers that can best execute their pitches and, and, and teams that game plan best in general, like, you know, that, that's where I still see the most uh, room for growth. So uh, finally here, your, your front office has taken this fan base on some incredible adventures, the, the winningest decade in the history of the organization, back-to-back trips to the World Series, and for almost a decade, the most winningest team in baseball or among the winningest teams in baseball. And obviously the, these things are cyclical, and so – I would just love to get your thoughts on where this organization is right now today. And and obviously, you know, you've gone through the transition and, and kind of rebuilding this thing. But as you look and assess the, the young starting pitching, where the farm system is, how would you describe this moment in time where you guys are between this season and next season and kind of where the organization is right now? Sure. And I think first just to address I appreciate your you know, your comments and recognizing the successes that, that the Rangers have had, but you know, the reality, I remember, it was really at the beginning of last spring training, I think it was, it was either 18 or 17, where we kind of talked about, it might have been 17, actually, we talked about in a meeting, like, hey, like, we, we've got to stop. Um, I want to celebrate our successes as a franchise, and it's going to be awesome. we got Josh Hamilton uh, being inducted into the Hall of Fame this weekend. It's going to be awesome, and that, that's really important for from an organization and a fan base standpoint. But internally, we don't really, we don't, ever talk about any of that we don't talk about you know 
outside of, you know, reminiscing time here and there where you see guys. But I just think it's important that we kind of move on and, like, get, get to our next, you know, great run here. And then I know that's your question. And, and you know, where we are, I think we're at, like, a kind of a fun spot if you're in our shoes because there's a lot of, uh, a lot of decisions for us to make. You know, the last year or two it's been – a little more about talent acquisition. We're still looking to acquire acquire young talent. We always will be, but you know, we, we're starting to get to the point where we've got some calls to make. You know, you look at our, our AAA club, and and there's a bunch of players there that are, quite frankly, like in some cases, a uh, duplicative skill sets uh, to some of our guys up here. You got Nick Solak, who, you know, might be a really good second baseman, offensive second baseman. You got Rugi up here, and um, you know, we think Eli White can play some center field, and and you got Delino, and obviously we've got. You're probably one too many left-handed corner-hitting outfielders, and um, and you're starting to see Kaholby Allard's up here, and Palumbo's close, and Brock Burke is close, and not that you're ever going to have too much pitching by any stretch, but we're starting to have some some decisions to make, and and I think how we kind of consolidate our the talent uh, and, and the decisions we make on who we protect or who who maybe we trade or uh, who we commit to or what competitions we open up, uh, I think over the next year or so is going to make be big because we have you know there's third base uh maybe catcher center field I mean, there's a couple spots that we could you know that there's some real opportunity for us to either guys internally or for us to go outside um but you're starting you can start to see it coming together a little bit more we're having a lot of success in the minor leagues a lot of guys are producing in the minor leagues and we're, we're kind of at a point where we need to start rather than just accumulating talent, like getting it to fit together, getting the puzzle to fit together a little bit better. And, and I expect as we move into this new park over the next couple of years, we'll be you know, back to the, the, the true level of contention we, we need to be. John, great answer. Great chat with you, man. Thank you for the time, and we will catch up with you next week, brother. Thanks, guys. There he goes, John Daniels, right here on the John Daniels Show. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.